Welcome to The Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business, and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming Dr. James Gordon. Welcome, Dr. Gordon. It's good to be with you again, Andrew. Well, well, thanks for taking the time. And I want to set, set the background here. Uh, several months ago, I, I was asked to do a story on a program that you have that uh, comes out of uh, the Center for Mind-Body Medicine. And uh, you're the founder and director. So I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And, and, and the program was a way of coping with COVID-related stress for health professionals. And uh, everyone has COVID-related stress, but health professionals in particular have, have sort of their own issues they have to deal with as well as the usual ones. So I thought, well, that'll be interesting. So you were kind enough to let me sort of uh, sit in on, on these uh, group sessions. And as part of that, we did an interview on Medscape. And I'll, I'll put a reference to that uh, here in the uh, show notes. And today I wanted to talk about sort of how all of that came to be, which you've summarized in your book, uh, The Transformation, uh, which I just finished reading. I think it's fascinating. It's sort of a long, it's a long story, but it's also a little bit of a, a practical guide, I think, almost a handbook at, to do with uh, uh, stress uh, relief. So, uh, I'm not sure exactly where you want to start because you've been doing this for about 50 years and we only have 15 minutes. So I'm going to leave that to you, but I want to focus on the book. Sure. Let's, let's start. I'll start with the book. It's a good place to start. Author always likes to start with his book. It's there we called go. The Transformation, the Transformation, Discovering Wholeness and Healing After Trauma. And it really, it is it's a story. It's a story about me and it's a story about many, many other people who have suffered trauma during their lives. And, and the book begins with the, the premise, the understanding that trauma is going to come to all of us sooner or later. If it doesn't come early in life because of poverty or abuse or neglect or childhood illness uh, or because we're living in a violent neighborhood, it may well come when we're young adults or in midlife with a major disappointment in a relationship or in our uh, vocational life. And if it doesn't come then, it will surely come as we grow old and become frail and lose people whom we love dearly and have to contend with our own impending death. So the, the, the point of the transformation uh, is that trauma is going to come to all of us. And the book, as you say, is a practical step-by-step -step guide to using techniques of self-care and self-awareness to bring us back into physiological and psychological balance, to mobilize our imagination and our intelligence to deal with psychological trauma and stress, and to help us discover through dealing with these challenges who we really are and what's possible for us. And uh, I've been interested in this really uh, in a sense, I, I grew up in a fairly crazy household. And so I, I was interested and both of my parents were uh, on the one hand, inflicting some trauma by their constant fights. And on the other hand, asking me for help 
So I began to become interested as a, as a little kid in what trauma was all about. And of course, psychiatry, uh, modern psychiatry is built on Freud and Breuer and Janet, the early psychiatrists and neurologists understanding that early life experience produced later symptoms, psychological symptoms, physical symptoms, what we might call psychosomatic disorders, uh, uh, asthma or ulcers or colitis or conditions or arthritis. So I've been interested really from, from the beginning, from as a child and then from the beginning of my work in medicine. And when I came to, uh, I used to be a researcher, as you know, with the National Institute of Mental Health. And I began to become interested not only in sort of psychology of trauma, but in all these techniques of self-care that could help bring us back into balance and help us deal more effectively with trauma. And I became very interested in how uh, not only I could learn them for myself, not only to deal with trauma, but just to deal with the ordinary challenges of life. And I found them very helpful, different kinds of meditation and movement before we got on camera, we were talking about how important exercise and movement is, uh, self-expression, being able to talk about what's going on, do drawings, move my body to express. All these things, it became clear to me, could be very important. And that we were, this is back in the early 1970s, that we were beginning to gather scientific evidence on which of these approaches worked, how they worked and what what difference they made. So this and this is really um, the other understanding that was there from the pretty early on for me is that everybody has a capacity to use these tools and techniques. And so I became interested. Uh, of course, I'm interested in what I can do as a physician, I'm a psychiatrist by training, but I, you know, have been in situations of dealing with physical emergencies too. So I appreciate and value what we can do as physicians. And it's clear to me that for most of the chronic problems that most of us have and most of our patients have, there is no easy answer. We don't have the drug that's gonna take care of everything or the surgical procedure. Occasionally, yes. But for most of the issues that most of us have, whether it's anxiety or depression or chronic pain or um, type two diabetes or you know, hypertension, that the answers are within us. So I become very interested in what the transformation is about and what my work is about, is about teaching people. And my primary focus is on teaching health professionals and educators and other community leaders how to use these techniques for themselves and then how to share them with the people they're, they're taking care of or they're serving or they're teaching. So that's that's what the work is about. That's what the Center for Mind-Body Medicine does, and we do it on quite a large scale now. You know, I have to admit, when I first saw that the book was about trauma, it kind of put me off, and I said, well, I don't need to read this. I don't have any trauma. But then, as you just explained, and I, I be, you know, I, I kind of had a boring uh, childhood with, you know, sort of two sane parents and who worked hard and were <laughs> responsible and didn't drink too much. And I, in fact, as a writer, I was very frustrated. I didn't have anything really exciting to write about in my, you know, family uh, upbringing. Uh, 
But then I started thinking about it and, uh, you know, we all really, you know, it's the human condition. We are going to experience the trauma of, well, of, of death, of our loved ones, our parents, our friends. Uh, there are traumas and these are part of life and that the human condition is filled with traumas regardless of how lucky you are none of us will avoid them and just the daily stresses of life can feel like traumas and are things that we need uh, that we could benefit from having a structural approach uh, like these uh, exercises that you describe uh, in the book uh, deep breathing and dancing and meditation and eating well uh, that, you know, the, a lot of these are common sense things that, you know, that your mother told you, you know, you got to eat healthy food, right? You don't have to be uh, a, a Georgetown professor to, you know, to recommend that. So I kind of came around and that was a revelation to me um, that, yes, uh, you know, life is a chronic condition <laughs> that is interspersed with trauma. And so maybe this is applicable to everyone. And what you've been able to do is to scale your therapeutic approach. You know, the book, everyone can read the book, but you have had uh, teaching uh, all over the world and have taught teachers who can then teach. So as much as it can be satisfying to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with your psychiatrist, uh, you know, there's uh, 7 billion people that all have to deal with this on the planet and being able to scale it, I think, is, is very exciting. So can you tell me more about how, how you've done that? Sure. Well, you know, we started working small and locally, but from the beginning, it was clear to me that working with people in small groups is a much more efficient and effective way to teach them how to take care of themselves. Um, plus, it provides the kind of psychological support that seems to be so crucial, not only in recovering from trauma, but from dealing with chronic illness of every kind. I think that the, uh, there's a, now there's a rich and robust literature showing that people who are lonely and isolated are more likely to become ill, they're likely to stay ill longer, and they're likely to die sooner if they're isolated. Whereas bringing people together just, just changes, changes our biochemistry, changes our physiology. And this is also, I, I knew something and had spent some time with indigenous people and subsequently have spent much more, but all over the world, it was understood that if you had a major problem that the official healer, whether it's called a doctor or a witch doctor or a wise woman, would bring together a group of people. And that's not because they don't know that the condition exists in, in that person's body. It's because they understand that part of the healing is bringing people together and reestablishing or establishing for the first time those connections. And, and, and we love, you know, in our focus on kind of the sort of power of biomedicine and reductionist science, we've too often lost sight of the context. So we began working locally in Washington, D.C., uh, teaching. I was supervising uh, therapists. Then there were so many people who were interested in this approach. 
We started a training program so that we could have more people for these groups. We expected 12 people in this local training program. We had 30 who applied. A couple of years later, we did a national training. We had 120 people. About a third of the people in our trainings are physicians. Most of the rest are health professionals, but we have you know, teachers and clergy and community organizers and peer counselors of various kinds. And we just started expanding and seeing that the work was very effective for people with chronic illness. That was really the first population we worked with. We could just see the changes and all the people we trained were seeing the changes in their practice. People were um, less stressed out. They were feeling less anxious. They were more hopeful. Many of them were able to cut down on medications that they'd been taking for years because they were back in biological balance. So they weren't so stressed out and digestion was more effective. So I then began to uh, want to see if this same approach could be helpful in some of the more troubled places on the planet. So I went there with a colleague who was a family physician. We went to Mozambique, spent some time with former child soldiers who are among the most traumatized people on the planet. They have done unbelievably horrible things. And in order to get them to do it, they were subjected to the most horrible kinds of torture, being forced to kill their parents or burn their villages and so on. And we could see that the techniques were of use to these kids. This was just the beginning. And the same in South Africa, working with people who had lost family members during apartheid. And we did some workshops for them as well as for health professionals. And then I said, okay, this works. So we began working on a larger scale in Bosnia, just after the war, working with both the um, Croats and the Bosniaks and bringing people together and starting to do trainings. Everywhere we go, my work, the work of the Center for Mind-Body Medicine is teaching and training other people who can then share our work, which is how we get the scale. First large scale program was in Kosovo and what we learned, and then, you know, I, I think this is important for our viewers, is start doing this work on stress and trauma now. Don't wait. And I say now, particularly now during this COVID-19 pandemic. And in Kosovo, we went during the war. We saw the tremendous damage that had been done by four years of war in Bosnia, not only physical damage, but psychological damage. So we began to work on the ground during the war in Kosovo. Ultimately, we developed a program for the whole country. Mind-body medicine is available throughout Kosovo in every community mental health center, and it's an official part of the health system in Kosovo. Subsequently, we've been working on large scales other places in the Middle East with Israelis and Palestinians. Um, the VA system, we're working with the largest division of the VA, Vision 8, which is Florida, South Georgia, and the Caribbean. And we're in the process of training well over 300 people in that division. A uh, couple hundred whole health coaches for whom our work is central, and 100 clinical leaders. And we have the buy-in from the, the heads of the whole the vision of the VA. So we're working in Northern California communities in Sonoma County, Shasta County, in Houston, Texas, we're in Baton Rouge, we're in Broward County, Florida after the shooting. So we're working on a large scale and people really, you know, they really like what we're teaching them 
because they see the benefits on themselves. So, and you know, we have a little sense from being in one of our groups that you learn some techniques, you see that you can relax a little more, maybe focus a little more, maybe it's a little easier to use your imagination or to share what's going on with you. And then the people we train look at the science that explains how and why this happens. So they become very, very enthusiastic users and sharers of what we have to teach and they integrate it. So the anesthesiologists we train are doing slow, deep breathing with their patients before they go into general surgery. Every anesthesiologist should be doing it. And there's research literature showing you have fewer complications and you need less anesthesia and you get out of recovery faster if you just basically teach some slow deep breathing preoperatively. So our work is being embraced widely and um, I mean, this, this situation now, this COVID-19 pandemic, everybody is traumatized. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. Everybody is traumatized and the interest in our work keeps on growing. Now, if someone were to just pick up the book and read it, would, would that be helpful in and of itself? Or do you think they have to attend yes. a class or both? Or how would that work? The, the book is designed to be a complete and comprehensive program of self-care, of, of not only healing past trauma that's happened, but equipping a reader to use the techniques to keep on building resilience, uh, treating and addressing chronic health and psychological problems, and also preventing those problems. So you can do that purely through reading the book. And there are people who've just read the book, who I've never met before, who've called me up or emailed me and said, and said exactly that. Now, there are other resources that, that people can use that the Center for Mind-Body Medicine has. So there are I, I do weekly webinars on the topics that are in the book and also other topics and Facebook lives. Uh, we have mind-body skills groups that are online. And uh, these are eight week long groups. This is the one you participated in. I was leading that one. Uh, our Center for Mind-Body Medicine faculty have been leading about 70 others of those eight week long groups and another 500 people whom we've trained and certified are also leading groups. So those groups are available and it's total sliding scale. So we never turn anyone away and uh, it's not particularly expensive for people who are able to pay. And um, that's another way to, uh, to participate and to learn to use the techniques. The book can do it, do the job on its own and it's great if while you're reading the book, you can share the experiences and with other people and do some of the techniques, not necessary, but for many people, it enhances their, the pleasure in doing these techniques. And then also, if there are people who want to be trained to do this work, we, we do have training programs. We have a open national training program where people that we just finished it yesterday, two days ago, we just finished a five-day training. We had 400 people apply. We only accepted 170 because of, it was the first time we've done an online training. It went beautifully. And we had people from every conceivable sort of ethnicity and age and occupation and 
what people saw is that this can fit very easily what we're teaching into work that they're already doing, whether it's a surgeon in a rural community or it's a Native American elder working, uh, working with urban Indians, that they all find ways to use what we have to teach. So um, people who are interested in that, the website is CMBM, Center for Mind-Body Medicine, cmbm.org. There's information. We have trainings in specific locations where we're dealing with the community, whether it's in Northern California or Broward County, Florida, or Central Asia. We have specific trainings. And then we also have trainings and we're gonna be doing more of them because the demand is so great. So if some of our viewers are interested, they should just check out the website and see what's up and, and apply. Dr. Gordon, that was great. I wanna thank you for explaining all of that. I've read the book, I think it's a great book. I put it up on my website under my physician author section, uh, books I've enjoyed. And of course it's available on uh, Amazon and probably uh, everywhere else. Sure. And uh, it's, it's your 12th book, I believe. I think so. And, uh, and it's, and as a writer myself, I, I, irrespective of the content, I thought it was very well written. It's very easy to read. It's clear, moves along, you know, it's a nice story. Um, I like the writing of the book in addition to, uh, its, uh, message and, uh, usefulness. Thank you. You, you've gladdened my authorial heart. <laughs> thank you, Andrew. So I want to thank you for joining me today on the Art of Medicine. I will put the links in the show notes, and I look forward to hearing more in the future. Thanks very much. Great. Me too. It's great to be with you again. Thanks.